Welcome to Sunday Morning at Faith Assembly, featuring the ministry of Senior Pastor Phil Goss. We're glad you've joined us. Now, here's Pastor Goss. Take your bulletins. We're in a series that we've entitled, Me and the Other. It comes from John chapter um, uh, 13, verse 34. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples. So we understand this loving thing and how we have to do that to other people and have the relationships that we need to have. But sometimes if we're not careful, we take relationships for granted and we don't love them like we should. And this morning what we're going to discuss is what's the result of wrong relationships. I don't know that you're aware of it or not, but many times wrong relationships can set you on a wrong course in life. That you can end up where you don't want to be simply because of relationships that go bad, relationships that you don't work at. Because we're going to talk about two people who had struggles in a relationship and one of them, it ended up destroying his life. And so we're going to look at a guy by the name of Lot. Lot. Now, um, maybe that rings a bell. When you think of Lot, you automatically think of Sodom and Gomorrah. Rightfully so. So we're going to look at what happens and look at his journey away from God. First of all, his, his journey that's there, his emphasis. What was it that brought him to a place that took him from being with God, being away from God? Genesis chapter 13, verse 8. Finally, Abram, later to be known as Abraham, said to Lot, and by the way, they're relatives, let's not allow this conflict to come between us or our herdsmen. After all, we are close relatives. So the beginning of the story here is what's the problem? They're not getting along, right? Lot's people and Abram's people can't get along together. And Abram one day says, look, this has got to stop. This needs to end. We can't keep going on like this. The whole countryside is open to you. Take your choice of any section of the land you want, and we'll separate. If you want the land to the left, then I'll take the land to the right. And if you want to prefer the land on the right, I'll take the land and I'll go left. And Lot took a long look at the fertile plains of the Jordan Valley in the direction of Zor. The whole area was well watered everywhere and like the garden of the Lord or the beautiful land of Egypt. And this was before Lot, the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Notice, Lot chose for himself. No, Abraham, let's try to make this right. No, let's try to get along. Okay. I'm going to choose this. Struggle is here. Where's God in this picture? Where is him seeking God to say, God, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? We simply have a story. Can't get along. We're going to separate. I'll look around and I'm going to choose what I think is best. Please hear me. Sometimes a good business decision is a bad decision. He chose for himself the whole Jordan Valley to the east of them. He went there with his flocks and servants and parted company with his uncle, 
Abram. Successful businessmen. They were growing. Their herds were becoming larger. They were successful. And yet the problem was they just simply couldn't get along. Their employees couldn't get along. They didn't care about each other. It caused a division. It always does, doesn't it? And when that division was there, they had to make a decision that would affect their whole family. And the separation begins, this story, this journey begins from where? It begins from the point of, we can't get along together. How many times in life have people made decisions based on, we can't get along together? Lot chose for himself. God always does allow you to choose for yourself, doesn't he? He always does allow you to do that. You get to make your own choices, but then your choices will make you. And he made a good business decision, but he made a horrible decision. So we begin with his emphasis. Let me look at the land. Let me take the choice that seems best. Let me choose this. And then we have his environment. So we go from, he makes his choice, he, he says, I'm going to take this land, it's the land that looks the best of everything else, and this is what I'm going to do. But the problem is, he then moves everything, and we catch up with him in verse 12 of chapter 13, so Abram settled in the land of Canaan, and Lot moved his tents to a place near Sodom. Now we already know about Sodom, don't we? Not a good place. And he settled among the cities of the plain. So that's where he starts. But the people of this area were extremely wicked and constantly sinned against God. So he settles among them. Now here's the problem. Just another chapter, things are going well until there's a king and some allies that come along and they begin to ravish the land and they attack Sodom and Gomorrah. And we read this verse in chapter 14, verse 11. The victorious invaders plundered Sodom and Gomorrah and headed for home, taking with them all of the spoils of war and the food supplies. And they also captured Lot, Abram's nephew. Now he's not near Sodom, now he's in Sodom and carried off everything he owned. Now the story is Abram heard about this. He went and captured Lot, got everything back and put him back into place. But he moves, make a good decision, a fertile plain, good thing. I'll just stay away from the city. I'll just stay away from it. But before long, he's in it. And why would you take all of your people in that place? See, the environment you establish in your life becomes critical, doesn't it? Not just in the area, but in your home, in the places that you work. Everything matters because your environment shapes your association. So here's Lot. Okay, we can't get along. I'll just move over here. It's a better place. It's a good place. And I'll just kind of stay there. But before long, he's in Sodom. And then we have his entanglements. His entanglements. (laughs) So God comes to Abram one day and says, Abram, Okay, I'm getting ready to destroy the city. It's just so bad. It's so horrible. And, you know, they have this choice and they have this thing. And, you know, Abram finally gets God to consent. Look, if you can just find 10 people, will you not destroy the city? God says, okay. Verse 1, Genesis 19. 
That evening, the two angels, they were coming to look out the city and look at what was there. They came to the entrance of the city. Now notice the entrance of the city. The entrance of the city was the place of business. The emphasis of the city was the place where everything happened. It was the central core. If anything legally needed to be done, it happened here. If any business decisions for the town were made, it happened to be here. And so they come to the entrance of the city of Sodom, and Lot was sitting there. Now he's not just in the city. Now he's entangled in the city. He's a businessman. He's now helping make decisions. He's now shaping things. And Lot was sitting there when he saw them, and he stood up to meet them, and he welcomed them and bowed with his face to the ground. He came to a place of understanding. He was respected, so to speak, in the town. He was a man of influence in the town. And so Lot is now a part of it. And the story comes to this. Can there be 10 people that know God that are story? Now, here's the thing. You have Lot, you have his wife. We know from the story that Lot had two daughters. They were both engaged, six. So the real question is, Lot, for your time in being in the city, have you influenced four people for God? Right? You would think. But we see his effect. What, what had he done? Had he spent the time? He started there. It was just going to be, okay, my family's here, and this is going to be, and now we're close, and now we're a part of, and now I'm involved in it. And his effect, look at Genesis 19, verse 12. Meanwhile, the angels question a lot. Do you have any other relatives here and in the city, they ask, and go get them out of this place, your sons-in-laws and your daughters or anyone else. And we're about to destroy this city completely. The outcry against this place is so great, it reaches the Lord. He has sent us to destroy it. This had to be a really horrible place, correct? God said, I've had enough of it. So Lot rushed out to tell his daughter's fiance, quick, get out of the city. The Lord is about to destroy it. But the young men thought he was only joking. His son-in-laws, to be, thought Lot was a joke. They thought Lot was a joke. And you can call yourself godly, but what do the people around you think? And when Lot goes to them and says, look, this place is going to be wiped out. I need you to come with me. They laughed him off. No way. It's not going to happen. And then we see his enchantment. I mean, the story gets just sadder and sadder and sadder by the moment. All because where did it start? We can't get along. We just need to separate. So at dawn the next morning, the angels became insistent. Hurry, they said to Lot, take your wife and your two daughters who are here and get them out right now or you're going to be swept away in the destruction of this city. (laughs) And Lot hesitated. Hold it. The city's going to be destroyed and you don't want to go? How entangled have you gotten in here? How enchanted are you with this place? 
finally the angels, notice, they seized his hands of his wife and two daughters and they rushed them to safety outside the city. They had to be drug out of town. For the Lord was merciful. And when they were safely out of the city, one of the angels ordered, run for your lives and don't look back and stop anywhere in the valley. Escape to the mountains or you're going to be swept away. Oh no, my Lord, Lot begged. I don't want to go there. How about if I go over here and Lot begins to say, we can't go there, we we need to go over here. And so what you see is Lot being so entangled with this city, so enchanted by it, that when it's time to destroy it, as as the angels are sent there, God in his mercy said, Lot, I'm going to save you anyway. I'm going to get you out of town. Lot resisted. I think sometimes we are more enchanted with our culture than we believe. And when God wants us to get out and separate ourselves, we hesitate. Sodom had a greater hold on Lot than he thought. The son-in-laws are not with him. One man could have saved a city. And if you follow this story on, what you see is Lot lost his wife. She looked back, right? Pillar of salt. And he loses his two daughters. His family is broken, done. He made a choice because he couldn't get along with where he was. And his choice put him in a worse place than what he was. He compromised. He failed to establish healthy relationships. He allowed disagreements to shape his future. And sometimes I know people, you probably do too. I'm sure it's not you, but I know there's other, you know, other people who make a decision. I can't get along with them. I'm, I'm, I'm getting out. I can't get along with them. I'm going to move away. I just don't like it here because of the people and you move. And it seems like a good decision. It seems like you've done the right thing. But the problem is, if you have a a problem with relationships here, you know what? You're going to have a bigger problem with relationships here. And when you can't get along with people, you need to fix that. You need to love others. I know, you're tired of this whole subject, aren't you, by now? And so what we see is Lot, okay, I can't do it. But I, I, yeah, I'll take that place. It looks good. And it ended up being the ruin of his life. So how do you and I take our journey towards God and make it such that we don't end up like Lot? That we don't end up making choices like Lot did, which ends up ruining his whole family. First of all, Reject our culture. Reject the culture. Now, we understand the influence that culture plays. I am just shocked, however, at how most Christians don't think it has influenced them. Who believe, well, I know what it's like, but I'm not like that. 
And you and I need to understand that what the world has is contagious and it will corrupt you. And that if you think it's not going to corrupt you, if you think you can stand by and nothing happen, then you are sadly mistaken. And you and I need to come to a place where we understand, I can love people with allowing them to influence me. I can love others, but I don't have to let it be an influence. God told this to the prophet Jeremiah. He said, Jeremiah, look, if you'll return to me, I'll restore you and you can continue to serve me. But if you speak good words rather than worthless ones, you'll be my spokesman. But you must influence them. Do not let them influence you. Lot should have been an influence on the city. Instead, the city influenced him. And we are in this world, but we are not of this world. We understand that this world has nothing to offer us that we desire. Don't we? That it doesn't offer us life. It doesn't offer us fulfillment. And if we're not careful, we allow the influence of the world to wreak havoc in our life. Because the world just tells us, look, if somebody's not getting along with you and treating you in a way that you don't like, just write them off and just tell them, you're dead to me. Right? Just go your other way. But God says, no, you work at loving the others. You understand that they have an influence on you. You influence them Don't let them take you down a road you shouldn't be going on. And you and I can live in this world. Those who use the things of this world should not become attached to them. For this world as we know it will soon pass away. So you and I have to come to that place where we understand. You know what? Where we're living today is not a good and easy place. We are in the world, but we're not going to live like the world and we're going to be different, and we're not going to let culture set our standards. We're going to not let the people who don't know God have the influence on us. We're not going to buy into the mentality that is prevalent in the world that we live in. We are going to be different. And I'm not going to let them influence me. I will influence them. How do I influence them? I love them without being like them. And you can do that, can't you? You should do that, shouldn't you? So I have to reject the culture. I have to understand what it is. Do not love this world, nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our accomplishments and possessions. They are not from the Father, but are from this world. And this world is fading away along with everything that people crave, but anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. And so there's people probably that you care for but they're not serving God and they're not being the people they need to be. You can't allow them to influence you. You can't allow them to influence your decisions. Well, they're just that way. I need to get away from them. No, you need to learn how to love them without allowing them to influence you. 
and we reject what the culture is selling. We reject what the culture is saying. And we come to that place where we choose to follow Christ. That no matter what is going on around about us and no matter what takes place in the closeness of our relationships, we make a choice that says, I am going to follow Jesus Christ no matter what. I am going to do what needs to be done. And I am going to act like a Christian, and I'm going to be involved with people, but I'm not going to let people who don't know God, I'm not going to let the culture that I live in who is godless have an influence on my life. I am going to follow God through it all. Put this passage in there. It's in your notes. It's out of the message version. I just like the way it says it. Calling the crowd to join his disciples, he, Jesus, said, anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. You're not in the driver's seat. I am. That's pretty plain, isn't it? Do not run from suffering. Embrace it. Follow me and I'll show you how. Self-help is no help at all. Self-sacrifice is the way, my way, to saving yourself, your true self. What good would it do to get everything you want and lose you, the real you? What could you ever trade your soul for? If any of you are embarrassed over me and the way I'm leading you when you get around your, I like this, your fickle and unfocused friends, know that you'll be an even greater embarrassment to the Son of Man when he arrives in all the splendor of God, his Father, with an army of the holy angels. God, I'm going to choose you. I'm going to choose your way. It's harder. I might suffer because of it. It probably will be difficult. But I am not going to run away from problems. You will help me. You will strengthen me. You will give me what I need. And God, I will trust you. So I choose you over everyone and everything else. And no matter what goes on, I will operate in a way that honors you. I will follow your principles. I will live by the way you call me to live. I'm just not going to run from one problem to the next problem to another problem. I'm not going to let people direct my life. I'm going to let you direct my life. And I'm going to choose to follow you. That's a big choice. Now, please understand something. You have to make that choice every day. Because the world every day is trying to influence you. The people who don't know God are trying to influence you. You have to make a choice. No, I'm choosing to follow Christ. It's my call and it's my choice. Then I'm going to live by convictions and not convenience. In other words, there are some things that God has established and put into place that I'm going to follow and I'm going to follow them no matter what it says and I'm not going to just give in to what's easy. God says I am to love others, right? It's easy to run away from that, isn't it? 
It's easy to just take another route, isn't it? It's hard to stay put and not be influenced, but yet keep loving. That's hard, isn't it? And yet, if we don't do that, we end up like Lot, don't we? We just run away from what is difficult, and we just choose the easiest route, the most convenient route. And I hear it all the time. People walk out, and over the years, they'll say, oh, pastor, it's so hard. Yeah, so what? Life's hard. And God says, look, my way is the right way, and you follow it no matter what's going on around you, and don't you allow the circumstances of life And what's easy and convenient, don't you allow that to influence what you do. You make godly choices. It's not, well, can I be a Christian and still do this? And no, it's, will this bring me closer to God? It's how will this affect others? God, what do you want me to do? Notice what the psalmist wrote in Psalm 119. I believe in your commands. Now teach me good judgment and knowledge. How many people say, I believe in God, but then they don't act like it, right? God, I believe in what you say. Now help me know how to apply that into my life on a regular and daily basis all the time. Paul writes to Timothy and says this, you, Timothy, are a man of God, so run from all these evil things. Pursue righteousness and a godly life along with faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight for the true faith. Hold tightly to the eternal life to which God has called you, when, which you have declared so well before many witnesses. Timothy, keep going. Keep doing what you know you need to do. Keep being faithful. Keep making the good choices. Keep doing what's right, no matter what anybody else does. He writes to him in 2 Timothy, and he says, you run from anything that stimulates you for lust. Instead, pursue righteous living, living a life with faithfulness and love and, and peace, and enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. Timothy, keep being faithful. Keep going on. Keep doing what you need to do. So you and I come to that place where we say, you know what, I'm not going to let the culture around me in this world that we live in have an influence on my life. I'm not going to give in to its ways or its desires or what it has to offer to me. I am going to make a choice to follow Christ no matter what happens, and I'm going to do what's right in his sight, and I'm going to live by truth, his truth, and not the truth that's being sold in the marketplace today. And I'm not going to just make decisions based on what's simple and easy and try to run away from things and try to make life less complicated and easier. I'm going to keep living by what's right according to God's way and God's word. Last one. Remain committed to relationships. What is life about? What is the priority of life? It's relationships, your relationship with God and your relationship with people. Notice what he says. A person is a fool to store up earthly wealth but not have a rich relationship with God. Now, let me just tell you a secret that you might not be aware of. Relationships determine the course of your life. 
Your relationship with God and your relationship with people determines the direction your life is going to go. If you spend your time trying to avoid people and away from people, it will take you down a different path than what God wants for you, won't it? If you spend your life trying to run away from disagreements and difficulties, it will take you to a different place than what God wants to take you, won't it? I'm not hearing a lot of, yes, yeah, you're right, you go, you know, okay? So what I have to know is what matters. If I will work at the relationships that God wants me to have, then my life can end up in the place where God wants me to be. If I love God with all my heart and all my soul and all my being, and if I love others as much as I love me, I'm going to be a healthier Christian, aren't I? Ephesians 4. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. God, rather than me running away from, would you help me do everything I can to bind together? Now, others might resist that. Others might run away from that. But you and I don't. Philippians 2. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Is there any comfort from his love? Is there any fellowship together in the spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, working together with one mind and one purpose. And don't be selfish and don't try to impress others. Humble yourself in these ways. Think of others more than you think of yourselves and think of them as better than yourselves. And don't look out only for your own interest but take an interest in others too. Relationships help us to be in the right place in life. Lot and Abram were having struggles as a family. The herdsmen weren't getting along, the people with them weren't getting along, and they made a choice. Let's separate. Lot chose for himself. You always choose for yourself, don't you? And where did he end up? With nothing. Broken family. Misery. So you and I today have to understand that God says, look, I want you to understand what relationships matter and the result of wrong ones if you're not careful. And rather than running from problems, running from difficulties, running from those people that you have struggles getting along with, and let me just throw in a free point here. God will always have people in your life that put you to the edge. He always will. Why does he do that? To help you grow up. Right? To help you be more like him. And so you and I have to be careful. When these relationships come to difficulty, you and I have to remain committed 
to the relationships, our relationship with God and our relationship with others. So where do you find yourself today? Maybe you've got a difficult relationship that you're dealing with and maybe you're thinking, I'm gonna run from, I'm, I'm done, I'm running from it. Rather than God, use me, God teach me, God help me, God show me, God help me be more loving, more merciful, more kind. Maybe it's you're trying to make decisions that you think are gonna get you out of this situation and it'll be better for you in another place. And maybe you need to make a change there. Wherever you find yourself today, God's saying, look, I have a way for you to go. And if you'll follow my way, it will end up in the place you need to be. So would you take a moment? God, me and you here today, would you help me? God, would you show me? God, would you direct my steps? God, help us to love you with everything we have and everything that we are. God, help us to love others. That we don't just run from the difficulties and the problems and the issues. But God, with your help, we set the example. We set the tone. And you help us grow to keep us in that place you want us. So God, today, we thank you for providing for us an understanding and direction that we need. The answer is not in running away, not in trying to avoid the difficulties, but staying true to you and to others. Help us, I pray. In thy name, amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Sunday morning at 815 and 1045 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next week for Sunday Morning. Faith Assembly Sunday Morning is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.